Good morning, everybody. I hope you guys had a good week. Uh, I did. It was a busy week, but a good one. Um, we're going to finish up Romans chapter 12 today, uh, looking at verses 9 through 21. Um, and, and last week, we looked at those first eight verses, and it was more of a, a philosophical thing, while these, these verses show a lot more practicality. And as I was reading through these verses, it became kind of apparent to me that there are like three different levels of things to do, of who you can be. And as such, we're going to look at those three levels. I don't have fancy names for them. I'll give you a hint. Your, uh, your notes there, it's just first, second, third. It's nothing special, but that's all right. So let's read it, and as we're reading through it, I want you to try to pick out where the level breaks are as you're reading through it. That's your homework for as we're reading. Try to pick out where you think those level breaks are, and then afterward, when you come up with different level breaks than me, you can tell me about how I was wrong, okay? Man, nobody wants to laugh today. I'll get you at some point. <laughs> I'll get you at some point, even if I have to tell a joke. If you were here at Williamson Branch, they did a little section where they just told stupid, corny jokes. Yeah. And that was the best section, in my opinion, because I love corny jokes. And I even knew one of them. Maddie got mad at me. She was like, don't ruin the joke. Too late. I already did. I knew it. Let's read it. Verses 9 through 21. Romans 12. Verses 9 through 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, show of hands, how many of you think you found the three different levels? Wow. Nobody. This is great. That means none of you can tell me I'm wrong. Perfect. Let's read it. Level one is verses 9 through 13. This is your basics. This is your base level. This is the level that really, as Christians, we should all be at. Now, here's the thing I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you that it's easy. None of these things are, in either of these levels, are easy. But they're still required. And some of them are easier than others. So let's look at this. The level one was verses 9 through 13. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't expect love from others while you're not loving people. Don't love one person and not love somebody else. 
Let love be love. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Well, that sounds pretty easy. I should hate what's evil. Any of you sinned yesterday? Hmm. Be devoted one in, to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. All right, here's the thing. It's really easy. Not easy. It's easier, not really easy, easier to give preference to somebody that you love, right? If it's a family member, if it's a friend. You know, you may not want to, but you can do it. You know, I really don't want Italian today, but my wife does. So you know what? We'll go get Italian. You know, I really don't want to do this today, but you know what? My friends want to, so I'm willing to do it so that I'm with them. It's not easy, but it's easier when it's with people that you like. And this is the people that he's talking about right now. He's talking about within your church, within this church, and this is Paul, writing to the church in Rome, within each other, give preference to each other. Love one another. Cling to what is good for each other. Not lagging behind in diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. All that stuff, he lists a bunch of stuff right there. I'm here to tell you, it's all the lowest level. Non-Christians know how to practice hospitality. In fact, some of the nicest people I've ever met are those that don't know Christ. So if they can do it, how much more should we who have Christ inside of us? Now, I'm not standing up here and saying, I'm great at this. I'm horrible at hospitality. That is not a gift God gave me. My mom, she's great at it. She's just like, yeah, come on over. We'll have a great time. I'm like, I really didn't plan on doing anything today. I have to, oh, no. I don't want to do this. It's not what I'm great at. But you know what? I need to do it anyway, because God says so. This is your basic level. This is stuff that even non-Christians can do, at least in part. And we as Christians have Christ inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, to be better than them. Not we ourselves, but he is better through us. It's not easy. None of this is really easy. But I'm here to tell you, this stuff might be the easiest, so let's look at level two, or the second level then. And what does that look like? And we find that in verses 14 through 17. And the biggest thing here that you can pull out is pride. Don't be prideful. You see, everything in those previous verses, 9 through 13, you can do them and still be prideful. I can give preference to somebody else, but still have pride in my heart. Oh, look what I did. I allowed blah, blah, blah to do what they want because I'm such a great person. Yeah. Look at my hospitality. I allowed the missionary to stay in my house when they came to the church. I'm such a great person. Yeah, you practiced hospitality. Yeah, you gave preference to somebody else. But you're still prideful about it. So Paul says, okay, listen, if you're going to at least do something, at least do the things. Take it one step back real quick. If you're like, I'm not great at hospitality. I'm not great at for being fervent in prayer. I'm not great at it. How do I get better at it? Do it. Practice makes perfect. 
when the missionary comes and they're like, we need some place to stay. And you're like, well, I've got an eight-bedroom house that I'm using one bedroom in right now. But I don't want them to stay with me because it's going to put me out for one night. Let them stay anyway. When the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to pray, do it, no matter what you're doing. When you just really want something else and you don't want to do what somebody else wants to do, let them do it anyway. Choose to do those things. Make it a conscious choice, and eventually it becomes second nature. It's a slow process, but it becomes second nature. So then we get to that second level I was talking about with the pride. You can do these things and still be prideful, so how do you beat that? You can't. You can't make yourself not prideful. No way, not know how. When I was, ironically enough, with this story, uh, I was in 10th grade, I think it was, 10th or 11th grade. For roughly two months, I completely lost my voice. It was gone. Couldn't speak, couldn't sing. It was horrible. For somebody who prides themselves, there's that word, prides themselves on their voice and being able to use it, it was completely gone. And eventually we got to the place where it became knowledge to me. I figured it out. I finally got there. With the help of God, obviously, that my voice defined who I was, not Christ. And I had to come to the place where I could say truthfully, God, if I never sing another note again, if I never speak for you again, I'm okay with it because I have you. I had to give up my pride. And I asked my dad, I was sitting there with him, and I said, Dad, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to get to that place. And he said, well, you can't. Only God can get you there. You've got to diligently pray every single day. God, help me to be okay with it. Help me to be okay with it. And so I'm here to tell you, you can't defeat your pride. You can't one day wake up and go, I'm not going to be a prideful person anymore. Nope, doesn't work like that. You've got to wake up and say, well, I'm going to make the conscious effort, but I know I can't make it on my own. God, help me. Teach me, humble me. That's scary. We always tell people not to pray for patience. Praying for humbleness is just as bad. Because with patience, what's the only way to get patient? Tribulation. It's the only way to get humble you got to be humbled. And God will humble you. He's good at it. He's had lots of years of practice. So as you're going through this, the second level is doing those basics, the basics of what we're supposed to do while doing it humbly. Part of my prayer life in the morning, I've mentioned I get up early. I force myself to get up early to do devotionals and stuff like that because I hate mornings. But I want to start my day off right. One of the things that I pray I won't say it's every single day, but every day I remember to, is God, keep me humble today. Give me opportunities to practice what you've told me to do, but keep me humble in it. If that means i got to turn things over to somebody else, even though I might be able to do it better, so be it. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Most of the time I can't do it better, even though I think that I can. But you've got to ask God for that help. You've got to ask God to allow you to be humble, to do those things in humbleness. Now our third level, and this is the hardest level, and this is the level that I'm going to tell you, I aspire to it, but I don't reach it very often. I'm going to read these verses in verses 18 through 21. If possible, 
so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Let's stop there. That is one of my most hated verses in all of Scripture. I'm a brush. You all have known me. Most of you knew me when I was a kid. You know me now. My personality is that of a fighter. I enjoy the fight. I do not enjoy being a peacemaker. I have offended so many people in my life, and you know what? My attitude used to be, they'll get over it. Because you know what? I won. I was right. I've been your pastor now for about a year and a half, and I really haven't had a fight. Now, here's the thing. You might say, Sam, you talk about spiritual warfare all the time. You're right, and we're all in that battle. What I'm talking about is the face-to-face, wit-to-wit, shouting match with somebody. I haven't gotten into one of those with any of you. Please don't do it. I am not asking for anybody to stand up and be like, I will carry that torch. Sam, we have a problem. But I told my parents the other week, I said, I said, you know, I'm itching. When I was in college, when I was in high school, the slightest thing could set me off. I'd go at it with anybody that wanted to go, even the people that didn't want to go. I'd still go. But you know what the Bible says? If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. You know what? A lot of it depends on me. Because it takes at least two. Jesus... As, he's, as he was being spit on and yelled at and beat and whipped and crucified, you know, he really didn't fight back. Stephen, as stones were being thrown at him, you know, he didn't fight back. The martyrs throughout Scripture, they didn't fight back because they knew that if it possible, they needed to be at peace with all men. You see, earlier... In that first level, and this is one of the things that makes it so much harder, that first level, it was all about, the beginnings was about to each other. Give preference to each other in the church, in your family, in your friends, the people that you love, give preference to them. Paul doubles down and says, don't just do it to them, do it to everybody. Your most hated enemy, give preference to them. Why? Because it means you're living at peace with them. This verse might be one of the single most hardest concepts for us to do in all of Scripture. Because even if you're not a fighter, even if you're a peacemaker, we all have our breaking point. We all have our wit's end where we just want to fight. But he continues on and he says, never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil. By evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Here's what I'm here to tell you, folks. ISIS, over in the Middle East, who is actively killing Christians, if one of them walked through that door right now, the correct response from us would not be to shame them, would not be to try to hurt them. The correct response would be for us to go, welcome, there's coffee out here along with some muffins that one of our own made. And tea. Come on in. You know what? I love you because God loves you. How many of you could say that you could do that? I can't. 
It means that we pray for those that are in, in the Middle East. We pray for those that are in China. We pray for those that are here in this country. I've said it before. I will say it again. Shame on us if we say, you know what? I want ISIS to go to hell. I hope that when that guy, who I just saw the video of him chopping somebody's head off, when we get to heaven, I hope he's not there. What? That's got to shatter God's heart. And you might say, Pastor, I don't think that. I would never say that. You're right. You would never say that. What do your actions say? Because that says way more than your words. Our actions say way more than our words. Bring it home. When the person who has slandered you, when the person who has said horrible things about you, done horrible things to you, at your job, at your work, at your apartment complex, you know what, you need to show them love. I need to show them love. You see the word enemy there, it doesn't mean when you want to. It doesn't have any caveats to it. What it says is, if your enemy, you want to be like the good Samaritan? His actions said way more than any words he could ever have spoken. His enemy was lying on the ground, beaten. And he said, okay, I'll do the right thing. Jesus was beaten beyond recognition, and he said, I'm going to do the right thing. Stephen, as he, was, as he was being stoned, said, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. Peter, as he hung upside down on a cross, said, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. I don't know that I could do that. That's why this level is so difficult, because it's impossible for us. It is only possible through Christ who's in you. The only way you'll ever be able to do it, the only way I'll ever be able to do it, the only way any Christian throughout history has ever been able to get to this level is because Christ is in them. And they said, you know what? I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm leaning on him. And it allows me to do it. Now, here's the thing. I used to think when I was a kid, right? Because the second half of verse 20, he says, for in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. I was always like, yeah, that's great. Heap the burning coals on their head. I never understood why you did that. I was like, yeah, that's revenge. No. Those heaping of the burning coals is so they can come to Christ because they see you. They see who you are. They see that as they are crucifying you, you say, Father, forgive them. And they go, who is this God that this person is living at peace with me as I kill them? And you know, some people, they need the uh, kick in the butt to get to Christ. Some people need his grace. I mean, we all need his grace, but some people need that mercy. As God says, listen, something bad should have happened, but it didn't. And some people, God says, something bad should have happened, and it did, because you needed it to. You don't get to choose what happens. Neither do I. God's the one who knows. How many times have you sat somewhere, or even in your prayer life, gone, because I've done this before, I'm with you on this, and gone, God, bring them to you. I hope it means that they have to go through hell because I want to see them suffer. may not say it out loud, but thinking it. Instead, what should be prayed is, God, bring them to you. If it means they've got to go through hell, allow me to be a comfort to them. If it means everything's got to go right for them and you're going to bless them, help me to be there when they say, why do I get all these blessings? Help me to be there and say, this is who Christ is. Instead of being the one who says, let me be there and be the one who tears them down. This level means be there and be the one who builds them back up. This is advanced. This is the type of stuff that we read about in here. This is the type of stuff that, to be frank, few Christians ever have reached. 
because they don't want to. Because it's way easier. And it makes us feel way better to say, I hope that my enemy gets what he deserves. When I should be saying, I hope my enemy got what I got. Because you know what? I deserve the same thing as him. He deserves hell. And so do I. But I don't have to go there. So I better share it with them too. It all builds on each other. These three levels. And this is what presenting your body means. Because here's the thing, right? We talked about it last week. If I give my body to Christ, I say, listen, everything that I am, I'm giving it to you. Do with it what you will. You know what that means? I'm going to be the one who's kind to my enemy. I'm going to be the one who's hospitable. I'm going to be the one who gives preference. I'm going to be the one that stands up first to lay down themselves. Because it's what Christ would have done, and I'm giving him my body to use as the sacrifice, whatever it be. It sounds really nice when we're reading those first few verses in Romans. Oh, yeah, this is great. Then you get into the nitty-gritty, and you realize, man, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But you're called to do it. I'm called to do it. Let's do it together. Father, thank you for, this, for today. Thank you that we can worship you, that we can praise you. Thank you that we can offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Help us to understand what that means. God, in those moments, you, I mean, the basics come second nature to a lot of us. Thank you for that. But help us to do them humbly. Help us to look at it and go, Father, help me be humble. And God, help us to reach that third level that's, that's kind of talked about here where I can look my enemy in the eye and go, I'm praying that God gets a hold of your life. Not so that you can experience his wrath, but so that you can experience his grace and his mercy just as I have. We praise you, God. Thank you that you allow us to do it. Thank you that you don't give up on us when we fail, because we're going to. Help us to keep moving. Father, it's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen and amen.